The content for today's episode of The Session has been stored in Tom's freezer since 2018 and now thought out and edited for your enjoyment today. Welcome to The Session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. So today we are going to talk about beating the holiday blues, and we have some help from a uh, friend from Ball State University that we're going to share with you here in just a minute. But before we dive in, we dive into God's Word. Well, Scott, out of Psalm 46.1, As we begin to think about the holiday season, it's important that we realize God is our mighty fortress, always ready to help in times of trouble. All right, 10 ways to beat the holiday blues. Now, this is from a gal named Ellen Lucas, the Associate Director of Ball State University's Counseling Center. And I just happened to see this released the other day, and I thought this would be fun for you and I to talk about it. Yes. Since really from Thanksgiving on, if you are one who is prone to getting a little bit down, mm-hmm. like I can right. be, you start getting these feelings of depression right now. Right. So yeah. we want to try and give you some tips and hopefully encourage you through this particular time. This is from Ellen Lucas, the Associate Director of Ball State University's Counseling Center. She reminds us that there are things that can lead to some depression, like the loss of a job, you lose your home. So she offers these as some tips to help yourself out if you're having a hard time. And the first one, set realistic expectations and accept that no holiday gathering is perfect. Yeah. We're, it's a fallen and damaged world, Scott. I heard that rumor. Yes. Here's, yeah. Isn't there a book that's got that story in it? <laughs> I think we've heard of it. Yeah. Ever since the garden, it, it has been. And so consequently, as we look at expectations, when you think about Christmas's past, what do you really remember? How my mom's house was always pristine and highly decorated. And so that fuels your expectation. Oh, yeah. I I am expected, in my mind, to match mom's decoration. I have never reached that. For sure. And the likelihood that you ever will? Not going to happen. But I'm just going to work my tail off. You know what? It's (laughs) taken me a long time, but just in the last three years, I stopped trying. Good. I decorated what we could decorate, and sometimes that meant the tree went up on Christmas Eve. Right. One of the things that was interesting I just heard was that the expectation that you had of yourself, that you were going to make it that way. And when we have unrealistic expectations, oftentimes they are ones that we put for ourselves. Yeah, self-inflicted wound. Some women in general, they are capable of making a a to-do list that a whole staff of five or six in a given day, I'm not sure, would make it through it. Exactly. Now, we could look at, is that unrealistic? And we would say, yeah, I think so. For most guys, yes. Yes, it is. But there was a reason for it. I wanted, I remembered the joy that I felt Right. Seeing the decorations on the windows and whatever that goop was my mom put up there on those stencils and the tree (laughs) and the garland. And back then it was a real tree. 
real yeah. garland that we bought from the Boy Scout stuff I sold, and then all kinds of candles around the around the house. And I wanted my daughter, my granddaughter, my wife to have that same feeling of yeah. joy and holiday and family. And when I can't even get the house clean enough to put the tree up where I want it, it sends me into a hole. Decorating at our house this year is really going to be important. One of the traditions is that we have our staff over for our staff Christmas party. Mm -hmm. And it is important that the the house look decorated. If it came down to we got the house decorated, but we had to the um, party catered, I'd be okay with that. But I don't know whether... And that's an expectation. My wife's going to make sure we have it all. Number two, this one is probably the cause of more fights that puts more people in counseling than just about anything. Uh, Right. Make a holiday budget and stick to it. Well, and and finances would rank likely in the top three, the things that couples argue about. And it's about communication about them. And there's two different agendas that's coming. Typically... The, the husbands are, are more like thinking about what's this going to cost us? Mm-hmm. How much is it? And and uh, their wives are going to make sure that the children have great Christmases, they have great presents, the grandchildren have presents for grandma and grandpa. And that's really important to them too. See, and I in our house, and it's like Dave Ramsey talks about the saver and the spender in a marriage. Yeah. I'm the spender. My wife is the saver slash panicker. Okay, and I'm the one that's running around on the 24th going, we don't have enough stuff for the stockings. I'm going uh, out to the store. Uh, and my uh, wife's like, put a loaf of bread in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, we have that little that little thing we have to go through. We, in fact, we went out to dinner last night and we started, started talking right. about what are we going to do? You know, what are we doing for Allison? What are we doing for Aaron? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And when all she says is socks guys, can I get a witness? That's not really what she wants. <laughs> yeah. Either read my mind or you're wide open for... I'm wrong no matter which way I go. That's one thing I have learned. Now, number yeah. three here, this is right in your wheelhouse, I sure. think. Express your feelings. Write in a journal or talk to someone you trust. You want to get it out. You want to be supported. I oftentimes teach my clients that emotions are energy. If we don't expand it, it doesn't go away. It just builds more. And then it's counterproductive in trying to accomplish your expectations. I think we'll be talking here soon about potentially goals of the day. Well, in fact, that's, that's important to say. It's counterproductive toward reaching what goals of the day you have in terms of getting ready for Christmas. So I really like the thought if you have a supportive person, that's great. If not, you can journal. And believe it or not, in today's technology, the voice activation, you can do that and journal with it. Audio journal on your phone? Yeah. I, now that I didn't know. Or iPad. Now, the journaling concept is something we have talked about before, and it's something that you recommend in therapy a lot. What What is it that makes journaling so beneficial for somebody that's depressed? Well, it helps you get it out, and by getting out, you're thinking about you're actually bringing it to the light where Jesus is where healing can take place. That, yeah. And that can be, at this time of year, very, very helpful. That's true. Number four. Oh, boy, here we go. Now we're going to meddle. <laughs> Make a plan and realistically structure your time. And the key word there? Which one? Realistically. Realistically. Yeah. 
And that's what I have found is when you have too high of expectations and you don't reach them, let's say you had an incredible list to do and you got almost everything done. So out of maybe 10 things, you got eight done. That's a woohoo. It is. But there's people who would be thinking, I should have gotten all 10. I should have stayed up an extra two hours. And, and so there's what happens with the whole thought of, I'm missing the celebration, the acknowledgement, the, the focus on eight out of 10, we're done. It, it sometimes speaks to a person's relationship that they have with themselves. The American Association of Christian Counselors refers to it as their attitude about themselves. And it's also known as their self-esteem, their self-concept. How do they see and how do they feel about themselves? Well, are they going to tee off on the eight that they de- they got done? Are they going to focus on it? Are they going to be upset about the two that they didn't get done? Now, so, I hear that sometimes, and I think about Mary and Martha when Jesus visits their house. One, at the feet of Jesus, just soaking everything in. The other one is in the kitchen, slamming pots and pans around and bringing stuff in. It's like, what? Jesus, tell her to help me. Yeah. And Jesus says, look at your choices. You can do the dishes anytime. You don't have me always. So Jesus is basically telling Martha. Chill. Yeah, and don't work so hard. (laughs) Because, again, what are you going to remember? I don't think I've ever seen a, a tombstone that said, I wish I had worked harder. No. And so here we are with how are we going to look at and manage that which maybe doesn't get done? Are we going to be hard on ourselves? Are we going to find a way to cope? What I have found by lowering expectations, if you celebrate things you've accomplished, you're driven, you're you're energized, which helps you accomplish more. Because you release all those little happy endorphins in your brain. That's true. And it says, great, let's go hit that again tomorrow. Yeah. And I've seen in my to-do list in September and October was ginormous. There was no way I was going to accomplish all of that in one day. Sure. And I never did. Uh So I kept moving things over and moving things over and moving things over. And eventually I was able to get to a point where I could nickel them down. Yeah. But now I'm sitting here between now and Christmas, my to-do list And I don't know if I'm intentionally doing it, but it's shorter. Okay. It's much, much shorter. Maybe I'm just not, I don't want to set myself up to fail that big. Mm -hmm. So I keep it a shorter list. And when I look down at that list, especially on Thursday and Friday, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't that feel good? It feels great. And I can leave Friday night. I'm in a good mood. I get home and I'm hugging on Allison and kissing Sherry. And my daughter's going, ew. (laughs) And, you know, all of a sudden we're off to a good start for the weekend. Yes. And then Saturday comes. (laughs) All right. Number five of our 10 ways to beat the holiday blues. Reach out to other people. And I like this one, Tom. Volunteer through your community, through your church. Find some way to volunteer. Homeless shelter, uh, soup kitchen, the wives, uh, right? Whatever happens to be, you know, your wheelhouse for volunteering. When we look at the volunteering, Scott, I can't say enough about how powerful that is. I don't know if it still happens today because we don't get the news show anymore. But years ago, there was a section in there between Thanksgiving and Christmas about Brighton a Christmas, and different organizations do it. Individuals can do it. 
they, it's like here's a family who needs help and you can brighten their day, their Christmas by buying, you know, some Christmas presents or helping them with food. But to organize it with children, your children, to help them learn to give and to see that there are people who are struggling and that they can make a difference. Very powerful. And in research, it also ranks pretty high in terms of how to treat depression. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I think it's one of the most difficult cells, so to speak, as a treatment strategy. That It meets up with a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. Because depression has an inward focus to it, and it's very difficult for them to think outward, to think about others, about going and doing something. But until you've experienced it, it's, it's something you, you just think, oh yeah, whatever. But experiencing it, it, it is life impacting. How about nursing homes? As an example, the number of people who are in a nursing home who have no family at all coming up with mm-hmm. Christmas, how impacting it would be in their lives just to go cheer them up on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Yeah, that would that used to be a family thing for us when we would go back to Michigan. My, in fact, both of my great grandmothers at different times were in the same home, mm-hmm. and I would go in, and once I was on my own, I just go on my own and go see Grandma Brenner. Never saw Grandma Spalding without my dad. I just, for some reason, that connection was never there. But with Grandma Brenner, I would just walk up and sit down, and she'd always have something for me, and we'd sit and talk. And one time, I just said, "Tell me about the family." Uh huh. Two hours later, <laughs> I had a history of the family going back to right. when we were Northern Indiana Amish. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we offer up these 10 ways to beat the holiday blues as presented from Ellen Lucas at Ball State University. And then number six, for us as believers, to us sitting here, it's a no-brainer. But that may not be the case for everybody. So That's we true. put it in here. Number six, watch your alcohol consumption alcohol is a depressant yeah and it can cause you to feel more depressed and too often people in my opinion will relax and just sit back by themselves and it's like drinking is is their answer to some of the numbness that they're feeling or the depression that they're feeling and we want to remind them that when they wake up and they are more coherent, the problems are still there. One thing I learned in my four years of being young and stupid, <laughs> drinking did not help anything. We're not necessarily taking a stand for teetotaling. The Bible decrees that that drunkards will not enter the kingdom of heaven, but they drank wine as a matter of right. life. That's true. So, no, I, I don't think we can biblically yeah. justify teetotaling Right. But we need to let's be smart about it. Oh, for sure. I can drink, but my dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. I have his tendencies. Uh, Therefore, I shouldn't drink. That's true. Because the the whole idea of the concept of alcoholism, it can be passed on generationally. Yeah. Number seven. My doctor tells me this all the time. <laughs> Exercise. Take a walk. Do resistance training. Do yoga stretch your legs under your desk something that will help release those endorphins those little natural happy pills in our brain well that's true and so do you think it's right to laugh at your doctor like that guy? No. 
Well, he kind of smiles at me quite a bit. But <laughs> but that's, it's so important. When we talk about exercise, I really like to look at thinking about it as goals of the week. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And goals of the day. What's my goal today in terms of exercising? And it, when we begin to accomplish the goal of the day, we begin to feel better. And we can begin to build some momentum. And it's always important when we reach the goal of the day to... Celebrate your success. Yes! We haven't talked about that in a while. Oh, my goodness. No wonder I haven't been feeling so well. I know. Uh, yeah. And so. that could be something as simple as take the stairs, not the elevator. That's right. It doesn't have to be swim 35 laps. It is true. Although <laughs> it has a market impact on you. Yeah. How? I, I can tell when you've done your laps and when you haven't. Really? There's okay. more of a sparkle in your eye when you've done your laps. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, my hair's a little wetter, too. <laughs> well, it's, the chlorine smells a bit of a giveaway, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But, the, you know, the endorphin impact on us is something we can't laugh at. Well, and that's true. And that's one of the ways that we continue to increase our health and improve our health and maintain good health is we invest in it. We maintain the body just like we maintain the car. I am pretty convinced if you don't put oil in the engine, eventually it's going to let you know it. Exactly. And it has a very forceful way of telling you. <laughs> yes, a rather expensive way, too. A very expensive way. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Number eight in our 10 ways to beat the holiday blues. Stick to your usual eating habits. Okay. <laughs> Plan what you will eat. Ooh, boy, this is hard. I'm going into two Christmas parties next week. Right. Plan what you will eat before going to gatherings so you don't overeat. How do you do that when you don't know that there's going to be chocolate fondue? Well, that's true. Oh, yeah. Which (laughs) sounds like that might be one of your... But I use strawberries with the chocolate, so I'm getting fruit. Oh, now we've got a rationale going here. See? Pineapple, that's a good one. I just stay away from the marshmallows and the pretzels. Oh, very good. See? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of interesting thoughts about that, too. For, For one, being proactive... If we know what our our goal is and we are embracing our vision, then maybe we do something headed into it. As an example, what if you ate something that was good for you a bit before so that you got full faster? Aha! You mean like had maybe an apple or a salad at home before you go to the party so you don't dig into that chocolate fondue? Yeah. There are times when I will drink a rather tall glass of water before doing something like that. Oh, I got you. So that I feel kind of bloated and I'm not as hungry as I would be. I find that if we are proactive versus reactive, proactive is I know what my goals are. Well, maybe my goal is to try a little so I've had it, but I'm watching my portion. That's the thing my doctor talks to me about more than anything is portion. That's right. It's okay to have the cheeseburger, just don't get the triple. Well, I mean, I read his email that he sent me. <laughs> I'll call you later. <laughs> Number nine. All right. Don't compare yourself to others. Talk about a killer for self-esteem. Absolutely. You don't need to have the best light display in the neighborhood. Do not think National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation here. Yeah, oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's not, you don't have to beat the neighbor down the street and have 3,000 lights instead of two. <laughs> well, yeah, and th- there are people that, that are like that. I, I 
grin and giggle when I think about the house and that the uh, Christmas vacation. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, where it, it sent everybody into a blackout because <laughs> the, all of the electric was going up in smoke. The only thing they needed was airlines to start landing in the roadway because <laughs> they thought it was the airport. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, and so when we talk about comparison, Scott, it is so critically important that we look this way, that our God is where our focus should be. What happens if you embrace, and part of your worldview is that we are created in God's image. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. Whether we have 1,500 lights or 3,500 lights, we are created in his image. And so consequently, that becomes more doable. And it also feels good. We know that we are, as I've shared before, the family baptism, in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized, it became the uh, family baptism because the Father in heaven came to his son's baptism. Therefore, it was a family baptism. baptism. Yeah, that we are his beloved. That's who we are. It's not about our lights for that. Yes. Although Amen. I will admit, when it goes back to the first one, set realistic expectations. So yeah. we, we had a very realistic thing this weekend. We had that beautiful day on Sunday. Right. So my daughter says, it's a nice day. Can we forego the Sunday afternoon nap and put up Christmas lights? <laughs> oh, oh, honey. Okay. Yeah. So we get out these Christmas lights that we haven't put up in six years. Wow. I haven't done outside. I just haven't. Weather never permitted it for me. So we got we went out and we strung these lights and I said, "Honey, I'll bet you these will just go right around the garage door instead of up through the gutters like uh-huh. we usually hang them." We get done and they fit perfectly. Okay. So I had I had a woohoo moment, you know, uh-huh. celebrate the success of the lights fitting. Yeah. But then I had a woohoo because I spent the afternoon with my daughter. Yeah. Passing along, here's how I do the Christmas lights. Right. In case I fall off the ladder taking them down, you'll know how to do this next year. <laughs> <laughs> we put up the little spinner thingy that makes it look like snowflakes are falling down the front of your house. Oh, cool. And we put that up, yeah. too, and then she had bought a and a plug with a timer on it. So we had a good time, and I had a moment with my daughter, which is Fantastic. few and far between anymore. Well, and the vice president and I actually went out and got our Christmas tree on Sunday together. Uh-oh. Yeah. But then she got it home, and it was too small. Oh, and Vice President now calls it chubby. It's really very th- thick, very around. It's not that a, rotund. There, it's yes. rotund. So what ended up happening is she said, I don't think it's very tall. Well, I went down the basement and created, I found something that put it under it. So it, it's tall enough now. <laughs> and it's, it is, it, that rotund really offers a lot to it. It really, it really is it gives good. Gives you some depth to put the lights in. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Number 10 in our ways to beat the holiday blues, <laughs> according to Ellen Lucas from Ball State University. And you kind of brought this up a few minutes ago. Think about what is most important part of the holidays for you and focus on what that means to you. That's true. And I, I don't think I would be okay if we didn't go to some kind of Christmas Eve service. And that's just so important and it's become tradition. Mm-hmm. But let's realize we should rejoice in the Lord daily and in the Father in heaven because he gave us Jesus. Christmas Day is one day where we nationally do it. It's a holiday for America. 
But so that's so important. That, and, and that's the day, it's kind of like we celebrate his birthday. Now, I don't want to argue whether it was exactly December 25th or not. That's the day that we pick to honor him and right. his birth. And to, and to embrace and celebrate that God gave us Jesus so that we had a way to heaven. And that's that's what the day's about. Yeah. If you want to put up 3,000 lights to celebrate that, fine. That's true. If you want to put up three, that's fine. Yeah. If you want to go low-key, celebrate <sighs> Jesus however that, that falls for you and your family. Yeah, that's true. That's the key. Hallelujah. But we also know, Tom, that there are some, the family dynamic at Christmas is difficult. Yes. Due to the divorce rate, due to separations, due to whatever. And sometimes getting through these holidays Sitting down with someone like yourself can be very helpful. How can they get hold of you to chat? The life coach in me can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.